This is Joe Cole, and you're listening to the London is Blue podcast. All right, Chelsea fans, welcome back to another episode of the London is Blue podcast. I speak with confidence, Dan. Chelsea smashed Luton Town 3-0, and we're here to bring a very, very exciting match review. I think we're excited to celebrate a win. Look, no Nick, because he is traveling back from a work trip. And look, he decided to miss a loss, and now he's missing a win. So I don't know what the ratio or his win record percentage is going to be for pods he's on this season. But look, it's a win. It's a Friday afternoon, and this means the weekend's going to be phenomenal. No other result matters because we won to kick off the weekend. Yeah, we can definitely sit back and take advantage of other teams potentially stumbling throughout the weekend. I got my FPL locked. We got the three points really not going to affect me too much from now, which is exciting. But as we said, obviously can be talking about the Luton town match covering, covering the fact that Chelsea played on a Friday night, little Friday night delight. What do you think? Sterling's impressive form midfield maturation potentially underway. So we'll jump into it, Dan, as always, with the three-word match review. What did the people have? What did we spin up? Well, people were happy today, so there were plenty of wonderful ones to choose, choose from. McLeasy with the Friday Night Lights. You had Janique with a sterling performance. John with the rah-rah-raz. James, a little razzmatazz. TK Lott with Raz Kept Receipts. Mick, I gave a little bit of a, a, a pass on because it was a really good two, three-word match review combo. Sorry, Miss Jackson. Raheem's for real. Really nice. Very good combo. And then Sergeant Soy Sauce with gluten-free dinner. Gluten-free. As, as someone who's married to a gluten-free person, appreciate that. That one was pretty good. Um, interesting. All right, Dan, what about you? Look, Chelsea play one step beyond at the end of a game. I would say we're not one step beyond, but this was one step forward for Mauricio Pochettino and his men on the evening. Much, much more positive performance for Chelsea supporters to take in and get excited for the next run of games. It's a good run. It's a good, good run. I said Mad Hatter's gazumped walking through. It's so funny when you look at their logo, and this is part of the best. This is the best part of like them coming up is they have like a very old school logo, right They're I think the Hatters or whatever is their nickname, but they've got like wheat, a beehive, a one flower, and then another flower, like in their crest with like a very non intimidating hat with ribbon around it at the top. And so you just kind of, uh, I thought I wanted to play that in a little bit uh, because you could have gone if you wanted a hat pun. You could have gone with like toke three points. Toke, toke another word for hat. It's another word for hat. In what language? Uh, I mean, it actually is uh, an English or French uh, word uh, that actually is in the Oxford Dictionary, so you can go look it up. Well, the only toke I know when I go to the dictionary is uh, taking a <laughs> puff. So uh, you know, Q U well, E. It was not taking that direction at all <coughs> as i just took one for the pod anyways dad we want to say thank you to everybody for supporting us all we're asking is for free jump on the five-star reviews they go a long ways we're having huge numbers as we've shared out we just want to bring more family into our chelsea family with that uh but then obviously uh subscribing on youtube leaving likes there but we do have patreon as well um, there's just a lot of different ways that you can kind of like help us for free if you want to get involved. 
Yeah, again, patreon.com forward slash London Blue Pod is the only paid way. So if you'd like to join our Discord community, you can do that there. Otherwise, leave five-star reviews on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Borrow a friend's phone. Leave a review from a friend's phone this weekend when you're hanging out, maybe at a farmer's market, maybe doing some shopping at the store, maybe having friends over. Just ask them to borrow their phone real quick and leave that five-star review. And again, subscribe and sign up to get notified on YouTube of all videos dropping. Brandon and I did another post-match stream right after full time to give you a little bit more information, a little bit more context. You can watch on YouTube now if you'd like to go back or just continue listening to the match review because we got that locked in. Yeah, we definitely have a lot of content (laughs) around these games as if people weren't following our Twitter uh, feed very closely the whole game. Uh, All right, well, let's jump in here as we always do into the match details. Luton Town, this past Friday, the 25th of August, in the Premier League at Stamford Bridge. Chelsea 3, Luton Town 0. Sterling in the 17th minute, compliments of Malagusto. 68th minute, Sterling, also compliments of Malagusto. And 75th minute, Jackson, getting off the mark, compliments of Raheem Sterling. You know what? I think we're going to run it. You know what? We're going to run it. All right. Fifth stand highlights coming at you. The only app officially from Chelsea FC, Huge redo, huge updates. Go check it out. Uh, but we appreciate them letting us use the highlights. And if you haven't done the app, go do it now. Here we go. Here's Chilwell who sends it in. Silver was up there. And kept alive. Well, there's Raheem Sterling. Oh, he blasted it straight at Kaminsky. It's a really good save, actually, from the goalkeeper. It knocked him off his feet. So powerfully was it struck. He's looking to play in Jackson. What an amazing pass that is. Took Burke out of the game. Jackson in for Chilwell. Here's Enzo Fernandez. He won't come much closer to opening his Chelsea account than that. Space here for Gusto. Sterling offering the whip. Sterling with the step over, driving into the penalty area. On he goes, Raheem Sterling! Wonderful goal! Brilliant from Sterling, who gets his first of the season. And he might not score many better than that. I said it was wiped out there off the ball by Adebayo. Referee saw it. Here's Jackson. Oh, great shot from Nicholas Jackson on a really difficult angle. Chong going back toward his own goal, and he's ended up giving it away. Here's Jackson. Got options either side of him here, Nicholas Jackson. Chose to give it to Sterling. Sterling, lovely ball across the face of goal. Oh, and off the post from Enzo Fernandez. Well, that would have been sensational. Sterling managing to shake off Bell, who then got a foot in. It's come for Caicedo. Look at the space for Mano Gusto here. Lovely cutback for Sterling. It's another beautiful Chelsea goal. Raheem Sterling, second of the night. Gusto the provider. And Chelsea have got the breathing space they crave. It's Fernandez. It's really well played for Sterling. He's hammered over the cross for Jackson. Who gets his first Chelsea goal? And makes it pretty much a perfect night for the Blues. Sterling turns provider this time, but it's a moment to savor for Nicholas Jackson. All right. Lineups, Dan. Another day, another maybe surprise from old Potch. I don't think there was much of a surprise given who is available and who is yet to come in or yet to leave, but it was Robert Sanchez between the sticks. It was DeSauci, Tiago Silva, and Levi Colwell. 
technically on paper as a back three, but didn't necessarily play that way. Malagusto and Ben Chilwell on the wings with Moises Caicedo, Connor Gallagher, and Enzo Fernandez as your midfielders, and then Raheem Sterling and Jackson as your most forward attacking players. And you did see three subs used. That's right. He's used four of the last two matches, three this time. Leslie Ugochukwu, Ian Motson, and Mason Burso all getting a run out. But Burso's was really just a formality at the end in the 90th minute with just a few extra minutes of added time. You know, to give Raz a, a clapping off the pitch that he fully deserved. So I think sure. that was that was good. Um, some of the top line stats, right? Chelsea with an overwhelming amount of possession, 67%. It was as high as 75-25 at, at points of this match. Uh, Chelsea accumulated a 2.09 XG. Love an open play day. Um, Luton, 0.43, which is, which is great. Minimize their chances. We had 19 shots. Eight on target. I can tell you that didn't get looking pretty until about the 70th minute. Uh, it was at most points. It was only like two shots on target. The fact that we had a late flurry was really impressive. Well, we had, we had, we had seven shots in total during the first half. We had two on target. There were eight on target in total. So and just think about that, the change from first half to second half play Completely different. Also, because Luton decided to try to go at Chelsea a little bit more, had to go change their game plan, particularly after the second goal and really give Chelsea some opportunity to pepper. But I mean, a lot of those goals, uh, those shots actually came from like the 51st to 57th minute when everybody kind of got a pop. Yeah, no, absolutely. Uh, we had so 19 shots, eight on target, six off target and five blocked. Luton had 11 shots, only one on target. Uh, with five off target and five block shots. So good commitment to defense again there. All right. Making it easy on Bobby Sanchez, which is what you want to see. Uh, we had two cautions to their three. Um, we had 11 free kicks to their 15, essentially fouls. Uh, five big chances, right? They're, they had none. We missed three of them, Dan. Two hit woodwork. We're getting closer. That's yeah. I consider that on frame. Well, the thing that we were asking for last match and what we talked about with heading into this match is that Chelsea just need to shoot more. And unfortunately, the composition of players we had on the pitch today are not naturally taking three shots a game, four shots a game. And this actually saw a couple of those players we were begging for, begging for Chelsea to say, hey, go shoot. You saw Gallagher at one moment got the shoot from the crowd. You had... Jackson getting an opportunity to take a couple shots. He had Sterling taking shots. Like this is what Chelsea had been missing, which is flurries of shots to pepper the opposition goalkeeper to put defenses on their back heel and really just make it difficult and be unrelenting in the attack. And that's what kind of delivered today, which is great. Yeah. Uh, you absolutely love to see it. Uh, again, I would also say expected, you know, when you're playing this level of op opposition, which we'll touch on. So, uh, again, just the one save from Sanchez five for their goalkeeper. One random stat add up to Joe gave us a zero says Chelsea last faced Luton town in the FA cup, March, 2022, 17 months ago. The only player from their squad that day to feature in tonight's match is Ross Barkley. Who's actually starting for Luton town. A quick, uh, little flip. That's a fun one. That was a fun little stat. There had to be something with Ross, obviously, in Chelsea. Um, no NPET shit house moment of the match. Pretty straightforward. Nothing to get too excited about. 
I don't know. Enzo put in a couple of good challenges that I think got some praise. So I think, you know, he, he might be leading that uh, master of the dark arts role that we were looking for an answer, you know, so who's going to take over that responsibility, particularly with Reese James out, you need someone on the side with a bit of an edge. And I think our friend Enzo is putting, putting in some effort there. Yeah. I, I would just say he's not hiding it, right? Dark arts. There's a little bit of masquerading. I mean, he's just clattering people. So Maybe he just needs to refine a little bit, but he's got the edge. There's no doubt about that. Okay. Uh, all right. We're going to take a first ad break. When we get back, it is all about the match. So thank you to the sponsors. And we'll be right back. There is no I in team, but there is one in Indeed. And that's the hiring platform you need to build yours. When you're hiring, you need Indeed. One of the things I love about Indeed is that they make hiring all in one place. It's easy because, well, candidates you invite are three times more likely to apply to your job than candidates who only see it in the search. When you get one step closer to the hire by immediately matching you with a quality candidate, it makes it go faster. And when you're looking to hire, the quicker you get the right person in the role, the better. So start hiring now with a $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your job post at indeed.com slash blue wire sports. That offer is good for a limited time. So claim your $75 credit now at indeed.com forward slash blue wire sports. Just go to indeed.com slash blue wire sports and support the show by saying you heard about it on this podcast. Indeed.com forward slash blue wire sports. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need indeed. All right, coming out of the ad break, quick reminder, we've got Blue Royalty Pods lining up the FAWSL season coming at you quick, as well as the newsletter. Sam dusted off the feather pen, and he back quilling some amazing words, breaking down our season now that's up and running. Uh, check it out, link in description. Dan, what can I say? He's a traditional guy, right? He's classic, all right? That's why everyone appreciates him, because he has a heart for the arts and the, the classics. So this match... We look at it from the beginning, great tempo, good start, lively, um, eventually got the goal 15 minutes in. That was the reward, and I think the first 20 minutes is kind of where we want to stop because it was all up from at that point. Yeah, uh, I mean, actually the goal came in the 17th minute, so we, we do need to kind of extend just a touch there. But look, six shots in that time frame, really, really positive. I mean, Nico got early action within the first minute of the game. Luton just weren't set, weren't necessarily playing with the tempo or the intensity needed to really come into Chelsea's ground. We know that they had two weeks off because they did not or were not able to host Burnley at their own ground. And so they did have to postpone that match. Will not be the last time that I think they will have to postpone a match in the very near future based upon not being ready. So look for those to stack into the calendar soon. But it was good. It was a positive, bright start from a team that, on paper, should very much be taking the match to Luton. Whether or not the commentators or punditry agreed because they were absolutely looking to will David to destroy Goliath in this scenario just based upon the financial comparisons in the pre-match or during the match and the commentary that people had about the investment that Chelsea has made in the side and the investment in terms of the total team size of Luton being around the cost of like a backup player for Chelsea. I, at the end of the day, it's all just has to be decided on the pitch and the way that Chelsea set up initially, particularly to work through the right-hand side to play further forward, to get 
Connor and Gusto and Sterling, you know, getting them connected to one another on that left-hand side, really, or sorry, right-hand side paid dividends. There's no doubt that the right-hand side carried this team today. And hey, yeah. great to see, because obviously we talked about, um, you know, uh, Raheem having a good match, but no end product. So right away he gets the goal, which can we just pause for a second, Dan? Raheem scores today out of all of the chances that he's had this season. That's the one he scores. The one that he dribbles for players, the hardest of all of them. Like that's the one he scored. I just thought that was a little ironic that he waited for like his lowest XG opportunity to convert, but he did. And it was fantastic. Meant the world to him. And uh, we got some really good quotes after the match from Poch about that, but it clearly they've made some changes and they are maximizing what Raheem can bring to this team, no doubt. Well, when you look at who is in the squad today, I mean, when you look at Ben Chilwell, Connor Gallagher, DeSauci, Thiago Silva, and Raheem Sterling are the players who have scored for Chelsea in the Premier League. And in your attacking lineup, it's Raheem Sterling. And so you would imagine that there would be a desire to try to put him in a position to be able to contribute into the end of the attack, particularly with how he looked in the match against West Ham, where he was starting to make some of those better decisions in addition to really showing off that he is well conditioned to be a menace in attack at this moment. You know, I think what we had you know said beforehand during the preseason was that he was getting into fitness. He was starting to show that he was at the right shape and, you know, really, con- you know, looking like he was going to be able to contribute, but just didn't nail the final third activity. Didn't nail the work in front of goal. And here, I mean, even before the goal, he had the one that was delivered right to him. That unfortunately he shot, uh, right at, uh, Kamansky that oh, if it was just a little left or a little right, that was a goal too. Like, so he was getting into positions from the very early part of the game and the one in the 17 minute was just more impressive because of the action he took beforehand. But his confidence in front of goal is a very, very good thing to have, Brandon, in a team where Nkunku isn't available. Jackson has only just opened his account. And Chelsea needs someone at this point in time to start contributing the goals so that we can go out and get the results that we're looking for to match the general performance or positive performances that Chelsea put in so far. Yeah, I'll say more praise for Raheem a little bit as we just kind of, you know, try to try to grace through the match here. Uh, but it really flattened out after that. I mean, uh, I'd, I'd said it probably about the 36th, 37th minute. I was like, Chelsea need to get a grip on this. Like, I was drifting out of the match because nothing was happening. And that was exactly what Luton wanted. Luton wanted to get to halftime. One nil, take that, take the momentum out of Chelsea's sales. And, and they did that. And for whatever reason, we didn't have a strong reaction. A couple things popped up, but overwhelmingly, it just it fizzled out. And if anything, halftime was probably good. I I think some people are like, oh, is he going to make changes? Probably wasn't that bad, but there needed to be some tweaks. Uh, the defense largely didn't have much to do. They handled what they had in front of them. Um, like I said, the I think the one save came in the first half, and that was about it. They just... 
I don't know. Like, do you have any insight? Like I said, I just felt like there was no urgency. There was no rhythm for us. We were happy to sit back. Luton were happy to sit back. Therefore, it was just kind of a stalemate. Is that how you saw it? Did you see it any any differently? The only thing is to the left-hand side just really continued to struggle. I mean, the thing that you were not seeing that you had seen in the first match of the season with Chilwell getting into the more advanced type of positions was that he was really not getting into spaces that, you know, those diagonal runs getting more centrally in front of goal. So the combination between him and Enzo and and Colwell just really wasn't producing the necessary end results to be able to create the same threat. I mean, the best threats were centrally getting it to Jackson and trying to have Jackson combined with whether it was Gallagher or Enzo who were closer to him or on the far right-hand side between Gusto, Gallagher, Enzo, and Brahim. And so I think that was probably one of the issues that we saw that we were kind of thinking, hey, in the halftime, is there something we can do to revitalize the left-hand side and make it so Luton aren't just having to overcommit or making it so that they don't feel like they can just give up on the left and Chelsea can add a little bit more thrust into their attack? Mm. Yeah, I could see that for sure. Um, Caicedo trying to find his feet in the squad. Obviously sure. made his debut uh, from a starting perspective. Came on as a sub in West Ham. So uh, we got to see him a little bit. It, it definitely um, took some time to get there, which I don't think we can you know, be upset about. But it's definitely a realization that even with that much money shoved in there, He's human, needs to kind of embed himself in the team and figure it out. But having Enzo and Gallagher around him definitely did him no harm. (laughs) No, it it was great to see how he grew into the game. Uh, And I think that kind of gets us into like the second half. Like we we didn't start the second half as well as we could have. We were still a little flat. Luton looked to try to be a bit more up-tempo, get involved a little bit more. But it didn't last because like within five to six minutes, like Chelsea just like, okay, cool. We're, we're going to actually snap back here and we're going to be on the front foot. We're going to be building our passes together. I think you saw a little bit of a tighter formation between Caicedo Gallagher and Enzo in that 50 to 60th minute range where they started a little bit more intricate passing, a little bit quicker passing, shorter passes to get themselves in a position to start taking shots. And so like 51 to 55, I think there was like three or four shots just within that window where Chelsea were starting to put the pressure on Luton and it really getting at us a point, Brandon, where we were like, you, you knew a mistake was going to come from Luton. You knew we we're going to find ourselves in a position because now they were really being stretched in terms of where they needed to play, where they needed to commit to. Yeah. Second half, uh, a little bit more of the same for the first, you know, 10, 15 minutes or so. Uh, but then, as you were saying earlier, Chelsea really kind of, you know, jumped into into life there. Um, classic Raheem Sterling Lalagusto looks like a, a really good, um, I would say, partnership there. Uh, the other thing to point out is just like what they combine together, right? You look at past maps are starting to come out, heat maps. Um, Raheem really created a lot of space, but like credit for Malagusto to be like up in right with him the whole time. He was never far from Raheem. They had some give and goes. They had a good overlap and movement together. Again, just those two players having never played with each other until this preseason very quickly hit the ground running. And that probably just goes to 
the importance of a preseason. They were both there the entire time, got minutes, got reps together, and they were able to to be very productive. Um, but it wasn't just that. I'd say the midfield engine finally started to like hum at this point too, Dan. Yeah, I and mean, Enzo just again looking like one of the best decisions that Chelsea have made in recent history in terms of bringing him into this side, particularly as you're starting to give him more license to play further forward, to play with a little less defensive responsibility. Not to say that he didn't defend because he absolutely got back at times to help close down, to help partner up in situations. The Gusto point you made, I think is a really key thing to point out. At two assists, just if he keeps even a nominal number of minutes, like he needs to get to five to basically match his career high, which was when he was 18 and played for Lyon. 37 matches played, 26 starts, 2,300 minutes. And he, I would say he's already on track now to exceed that total. Like that is a very, very great introduction to the Premier League. Again, it's Luton. And I think we need to couch some of this against the fact that Luton are going to be a team that get battered. But what Chelsea didn't do last season is Chelsea should have battered Southampton twice and didn't do that. And so we're going to take a moment just this time, the first time, to say we're really happy because the next time we should absolutely, it just should be a no-nonsense expectation that Chelsea win that game, and that's how we're going to walk into it. This one, we were apprehensive because Chelsea's last performance against West Ham, the injuries that we were facing, and Chelsea just stitched it all together, particularly in the second half. Mm -hmm. Yeah, undoubtedly uh, there for sure. Um, You kind of look at the pass map that we have here, right? Raheem is the furthest player forward and on this yeah. day, which I think makes sense. Um, who do they have tagged as right center mid? They've got Gallagher. Uh, yep, Gallagher's right center mid. Um, <laughs> this is just so funny. Caicedo's left center mid, and then Enzo must be left attacking mid. Yep, so that makes sense. Chilwell then was ahead of Enzo. Uh, Jackson pretty much just sat in the hole, but... He didn't get a lot of service, which we can see from this pass map. He had to fight on his own. He had to be really patient. Um, everything was flowing through the wings, um, and it just, it just, it was, it was a different type of game today. And Chelsea had to adapt a little bit for that sense. Um, but I would also say the left side was far more narrow. So for whatever reason, it got there. But um, Jackson having the striker instincts that he does, Dan got inside the box, uh, got, saw Raheem make the move to the end line. Raheem got a little bit lucky with the deflection on the, on, on the cross. Boom. Jackson lays out strikers finished tapping for the goal. He's now off the mark. Potch is now said he's going to be the greatest striker to ever live. Adios to the drug buds and Nico Jackson's show. I mean, is, is that where we're at? That's what people are sounding like. Look, as long as Mike Dean is involved in VAR, all goals count, Jeez. right? So Nico Jackson opening the account, phenomenal. He was working really hard the entire game. And look, it was not a perfect game from him. There were some pass backs that he tried, you know, the little back heel that was a turnover. I mean, the thing I like about his game is he is continuing to try to stand up and fight through the challenges, the tackles. He's not taking the easy route to ground to get a dead ball opportunity and press the whole side forward. I mean, that's not where Chelsea is strong. Chelsea is not strong on set pieces at the moment. So much better that he stays up and tries to run in and tries to combo with someone. And to the point you made, yeah, he is lucky. Raheem got the deflection. That ball took the deflection in and got into his path, but he was where he needed to be. 
Like we have had a couple of years now of strikers who are not where they need to be or attackers at Chelsea, not where they need to be when that ball is coming into the box. And so if Gusto, if Sterling, if Chilwell, if others can be delivering that service to him, like there is no doubt that he can be that 15 goal a season contributor in this first season for Chelsea. Like, I think that that is the thing. Now we've done it once. Can we replicate it? Can we do it again? And that's going to be the challenge for Nico now that he's got the first one down. Well, we get the the goals. Guess what? Ugachuku comes right on. The closer has been engaged. Apparently, he's going to be staying. And I guess he might have a role. He's now played in all three matches. Uh, that at might least be two. Accurate. He's got at least two appearances. We'll figure it out. But the point is, he is first off the bench for Poch. He wants to tighten it up. Ian Motson came on in the 86. Obviously, Mason Burstow, as you said, in the 90th. But we're starting to see a little bit from Poch and how he wants. I was even tweeting. I was like, all right, got three goals. Great. Clean sheet is a must. Absolutely have to get clean sheet. Then they whipped the ball in the box. I said, oh, shit, here it goes. I just jinxed us. Thankfully, we didn't. We got it done. But Ugachukwo coming on right away as a 19-year-old and doing well speaks volumes for apparently how he's impressed in training already. I would say that a good day to come on where Luton probably at that point are just cruising. They're not really driving for it at that point. But it is a sign that uh, Poch is going to play the players he has. And um, he's tactically pragmatic, wants to lock it down, and and went for it. And it was good. Three goals, clean sheet. I, I forgot if I put it in Discord. No, I sent it to Clayton in the WhatsApp. I said, here's to a clean sheet and three points or three points and three goals or something like that. I absolutely nailed it. And so I'm thrilled about that. Um, but that was really the game. It, it ended very calmly as you wanted. Not a lot of stoppage time, no drama at the end. It was just uh, tidy business. Again, roll on to next week. Continue to stack the wins. You've got two more matches before the international break. It, I My feeling, my gut feeling is you're going to smash Wimbledon and you most likely should do the business against Forrest. So we should stack three wins in a row before the international break. And I think it's going to suck then because we're heading into the international break and into the international break, feeling really good and wishing we had another game because Chelsea are just fitting everything into place. They're clicking into gear. And I don't know, like I'm going to be sad almost when the international break comes up, I think. Yeah. All right. Um, So post-match, Poch had some praise for Jackson. It says, quote, it's really important because he came from a different league and to adapt to the Premier League is always difficult. But the quality is there. The quality is amazing in his feet. He's going to score more goals. It's it's just time. Uh, Doubles Down says, no doubt he can go on to become one of the greatest strikers in the Premier League of all time. My gosh. I thought Jackson said silly things. Potch is drinking the Nico Jackson punch. Punch drunk. I mean, he should be talking up his guy. I mean, he he is the bet. He is the bet at center forward right now. And when he was asked a little bit later about who we're looking for in the window, he talked about two more players. He wanted someone in attack and he wants a goalkeeper. We know the goalkeeper is coming. Petrovic was seen. <laughs> was literally at, in the stadium. <laughs> yeah, was in the stadium, was at Stanford Bridge was seen walking into the dressing room at the end. Naz made a comment of that. But so I don't think the attacker, it doesn't sound like the attacker has to be a striker. It's they want someone with the flexibility to play across the front. And so Jackson is your guy. Broya is your backup. And you got to bet on him being a mentality monster. 
and absolutely feeding that engine and feeding him to become the player that you think he's capable of being, the, the stats would tell you he's potentially capable of being. And this is someone in Pochettino who coached and had the opportunity to coach Harry Kane. And as much as we don't like Tottenham, he's not, he's not the Premier League anymore, so we could say it. Like Harry Kane is absolutely one of the best strikers in Premier League history. And so if Pochettino can get a tune out of him anywhere similar to that, we are in really, really great shape from an attacking front. Yeah, I tell you what, it's uh, you people are saying some crazy things. I get what you're saying. I just it's crazy to me. Um, anyways, that was the map match really in a nutshell. Uh, there's a couple things I want to pull out, but I'm going to wait to do it until the other side of the ad break. So thank you to the sponsors, and we get back. We got to break down some specific players here. I've got one, Dan, that is super controversial that I can't believe is. So ad break and we'll be right back. Are you missing out on your favorite show because it's not available in your region? Trying to keep your private time private? Well, let me introduce NordVPN. If you're bored of U.S. streaming services, why not take it for a spin in the U.K.? Using NordVPN and at the click of a button, you can do just that. No need to travel to Japan for your favorite anime when NordVPN brings it right to you. With 5,000 plus server options, no show is out of your reach. Grab your exclusive NordVPN deal by going to nordvpn.com forward slash London is blue. You know, like the name of the podcast to get a huge discount off of your NordVPN plan plus one additional month for free. It's completely risk free with Nord's 30 day money back guarantee. We all love to binge, but privacy is a big deal too. NordVPN keeps your information encrypted so you never have to worry about your IP or location getting out. Threat protection, they've also doubled down on keeping you safe with their new threat protection feature. Say goodbye to intrusive website ads and malware. Even if you download an infected file, threat protection kicks in and deletes it before it makes a mess of your computer. Don't forget, there is literally no risk to you with their 30-day money-back guarantee. Give it a try, and if you like it, great. If you don't, they'll send you a refund, and you can pretend the entire situation never happened, just like Chelsea's 2022-2023 season. Check out my link at nordvpn.com forward slash londonisblue to get your subscription started today. nordvpn.com forward slash londonisblue. All right, we're back from the ad. Can I fire some stats at you, Dan, just to just to prime you a little bit? Send sure. You through the, I'm, the I'm just really I'm really impressed that you're the one being controversial here. I love this. Who do you think had the most ground duels won today for Chelsea? If you just had to guess, I know you got a bunch of stats and stuff, but um, ground duels won it probably is Connor. Yeah, but guess who he yeah. tied with? Oh, uh, Caicedo. Nico Jackson. Oh, okay. There you go. <laughs> the work rate shock. from Nico there was, there Jackson. There was a shock there from me. <laughs> uh-huh. I thought that was fascinating. Disasi absolutely mopped up in the air. I think he had six aerial duels won, which is more than I think their entire team combined. Uh, Tiago Silva had three. So Cole had two. The reason I bring that up is because, again, uh, from, the, I, from the TV watching, Disasi had a quiet game. Ollie Glanville in the stadium said he was monstrous. I start to look into the stats here, and Disasi quietly, from a TV perspective, did have a really good game. If you look at his heat map and his pass map, super, super impressed with what he brought to the table today. Uh, his duels, his passing, 
He's he he was in a very specific spot, but he locked it down. I mean, he had 96 passes today and he was 87 for 96. So, again, quiet and I think a little bit controversial. I'm seeing people saying Disasi out. Uh, Reese James should be playing. Yeah, people just aren't happy. And I think there was like this this TV glare that we didn't get to see the full picture. The reason why Mel Augusto was so far forward, the reason why Raheem Sterling was so far forward was because Disasi wasn't under a ton of pressure and basically had to take solo responsibility for everything on the right-hand side. Like, I, I don't know how you could walk away with that with an impression that he wasn't having a good game. Like, look, was it a, was it a perfect game? No. Was it the best game he's played for Chelsea? I, I would guess. Yeah. Based upon the, the, you know, a, a draw, a loss and a win. Like, so yes, but I, I don't know. Like I actually think our whole defense kind of got the job done as needed. And really between Colwell, Silva, Disasi, Gusto, somewhat of Chilwell, I think who had, probably not his best game. And I think he would say that it was not his best game in general. Our defense looked strong. And again, it, it shouldn't have been an issue with Luton. It just should not have a wild day to nitpick defenders off a clean sheet and one shot on target with a less yeah. than a 0.5 XG for the opponents. Here's the other one that I am flabbergasted by Tiago okay. Silva. Just lack of appreciation. Today is the day of all days you want Tiago Silva because Luton sat back. They had five at the back, three midfielders, two attackers. They defended like hell. Tiago Silva's ability to step into the midfield and play passes everywhere. Look at his pass map. It is like a sprinkler that you have set in your front yard, and it is just torching this essentially 37 to 40 degrees uh, in front of your yard. He was immense. He led the team significantly by progressive pass distance and then had a ton of progressive carry distance. He was a game or he opened the game up so much by being able to step in and move from there. And like I said, you look at this pass map, you would have thought that it was like Enzo's pass map. He is from 18 to half with 100 passes, 95 success. I don't know why people are trying to single out Tiago Silva for being past it today, other than maybe his ability to challenge Adebayo in the air. And there's probably not too many defenders that can challenge him in the air. So no. Disasi and Silva, those are the ones that I've, I'm finding to be controversial on Twitter right now. And I, I don't get it. This is not the game because they had a relatively easy day and they were immense in possession. I just don't understand. Sam, when you win three nothing and get your first Premier League win of the season and get a clean sheet, watch your new striker score, watch a player last season who really struggled get a third of his total goal contribution over the entirety of last season in one game plus an assist. Watch you, what I imagine could be a generational midfielder, um, absolutely have another day just making it look easy that you would find anything to complain about like that, that to me, like, yes, there's always an opportunity to get better. There's always an opportunity to improve. Poch and his team are going to have examples that they put in front of the team next week as they prepare for their match to get them ready on what they could do differently. But I don't know, like to me, that is just being absolutely spoiled. 
spoiled with the like embarrassment of riches that Chelsea have. Like we're a team in progress. Like Nick called it right. We're going to be frustrating and fun this season. And this was a fun day. So enjoy the fun days and and don't get so bent out of shape about a particular player that doesn't match an agenda. Big agenda matcher personally, but Hey, speaking of positive things, Dan, you, you just teed it up there a little bit, right? There's some positive things. Uh, we said Raheem Sterling was going to get all the praise that he he earned today, and that's what we want to do. Yeah, I mean, look, it's it's great to have him. What he needs to do is maintain this form. The form is strong. The impression he left on people in this 90 minutes or 89 minutes that he played because he did get subbed off so he could get the standing ovation was strong. They have two goals off a 0.79 XG, right? Three shots on target, you know, getting into really, really good positions, uh, you know, drawing fouls, you know, getting opportunity to interchange with other players. Like, like, I don't know. Like this is, if you were like saying, Hey, the Raheem Sterling you got last year was, was not the Raheem Sterling. It was like an off-brand Raheem Sterling. This, this was the Raheem Sterling that was a valuable contributor to multiple Premier League winning sides for Manchester City. And so this would be an extremely positive thing if he can maintain this, particularly to help bridge until we have Reese James back healthy, to until we have Nkunku back healthy. If he is a 12 to 15 goal contributor this season and challenging Jackson for Chelsea's internal golden boot. That is an extremely positive thing for us. And he looks ready to do that, which is the best possible thing for Pochettino. And like everyone, even us, I think when we were talking about the beginning of the season during preseason, there was the question of like, would Matawake take his place? Would someone step in? Would Chelsea look to reinforce this area? We know Chelsea had thought about Olise and that deal collapsed, but he might've been someone who would challenge Sterling for minutes. Right now, Sterling is a undroppable player in this Chelsea side, at least until the next match. I love how you put, is this the striker we were promised? I remember the, the where his photos in LA or Vegas. I know Koulibaly he got was LA. Vegas. He was LA. He, so he was LA. on the strip, right? Yeah. Down like Sunset Boulevard, not the strip because that's Vegas. Um, yeah. Those are good times. Here's, I don't want to repeat all of the things that we've heard and things like that. So here's where I want to go with Raheem. Raheem Sterling is the leader in attack we need this season more than anything else. If we can have him drive the team forward, set a high level of execution, set the rhythm and the pace, we are, we are good. This team is young, they are athletic, they are hungry, but they need Raheem to to give them the wisdom to get through this season, especially since a lot of them, it's their first season in England. That will be the biggest off the field, or I'm sorry, intangible benefit he will give to this group is because the way he's playing, all these other players are going to have to try to match his level and what an amazing uh, training environment that is going to get us. So I just want to put out there, I don't think people had really brought that back into the conversation. His runs were amazing. His goals were amazing. Um, the quotes, I think, is where it was really interesting, too, um, where, you know, Potch said that they had, they talked about it, 
And, or actually, this is from Raheem. Raheem said, hey, last season I was too far inside. He's like, let me go wide. Let me be more creative out there. Poch goes, Raheem, I don't give a shit if you're left, right, center. If you drive the ball and you're unpredictable and dynamic, you go. And I tell you what, maybe it's all he needed was a license to be successful. And and it, it has worked either way. So um, it, it it was brilliant to watch for 90 minutes. Yeah, I also enjoyed the fact that on Instagram after the match, Ben Showell yes. made the comments about how he was excited to lead the boys out and that PS shooting practice for him tomorrow. And Sterling followed up with the I would have shot <laughs> instead of laying it off to him. I think we all agree with that, Ben. I think we all yeah, agree with Raheem. Then. So good. So, so good. Um, uh, yeah, so quotes post-match, Potch saying, quote, amazing, but I think the way he is from the beginning, it's an important contribution. He's a fantastic player. He's able to play on the side, inside the pocket, between the lines. He's so fast. The quality when he finishes goes on to say, we've had conversations on it and his commitment with the way he wants to provide for this team, the work ethic and quality. He deserves full credit for his performance, and we are very pleased. We believe he can provide goals and assists, and he works hard to recover the ball. I'm putting the line at 18 goals and assists. I think he will smash 18 uh, as well. Oh, yeah. Putting him. So, um, okay. He already has three. So, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> You're you're not asking for much more over 38 games plus cup games. Well, we could push 20. I mean, I, that'd be a good line. 20, right. I think, is a good line. All right, we'll track that. What about the midfield? I see you put a bunch of midfield propaganda in the script, Dan. What in the world? Well, I think it's starting to click. I think the Caicedo integration is going to take a little bit of time. Also, getting him up to the fitness. We saw Lavia is not yet necessarily ready to be even on the bench yet. He was in the box with... Um, Todd Bowley, Reese James and others. So that's not, he's not ready just yet. Maybe we'll see him on the bench this coming week in the mid uh, midweek game. Maybe we see him on the bench or even coming off, uh, off of the bench against Nottingham forest. That would be interesting. But I think the two things to me that were interesting in the midfield was one that Gallagher and Enzo initially were basically just rotating who was playing further forward. And so if it was going up the right, like, he, you know, Gallagher was pushing forward to be that connective tissue. If we were trying to get it up through the left, like to Colwell to Enzo, that happened a couple of times that he was playing further forward. I think eventually Enzo just settled naturally further forward than Gallagher, which the combination of Caicedo and Gallagher gave Enzo a ton of opportunity to unlock the creative portion of his brain and really figure out like, how can I put people in a position to be successful? How can I get the ball to my attackers? And as that chemistry develops over the season with Sterling, with Jackson, with Mudrick, if he he participates, if Monson plays further forward, random, you know, random attacker who we don't know that Chelsea are looking to go after, like that is exciting. That is exciting of how he's contributing an attack is a very exciting thing for all Chelsea supporters. I mean, I'm good. I'm, it, this is the midfield rebuild. And Dan, we've been asking for, for years. It, it shouldn't have taken this long, first of all, but it did. And I tell you what, Joe Tweeds and I, we've been talking about the midfield for, I'd say three seasons. We were always hanging on by a Conte hamstring. I would almost say that the owners oversolved the midfield, especially with Lavia in the stands. We are blessed 
especially if Ugochuk was going to come in and be the closer for this team. Andre Santos has now gone on loan. Hopefully he'll yep. get minutes for a wildly unpredictable Nottingham Forest side. But I think that this is with Connor Gallagher constantly being pushed into different positions and constantly delivering above and beyond. What more could you want other than maybe goals, right? He's doing everything from an off the ball, the dirty side, keeping possession, ball recoveries, um, tackles, and he did it cleanly today as well. I just, the I you know where I stand. I want him. I think that as we let this team settle in a month or two, he's going to find some consistency in where he is in this team, and he will be able to thrive. I understand the kudos, Elise, get a number 10. They can flex wide. I just don't know if we need it, especially when Nkunku comes back, when Carney comes back. Carney was fantastic last match. So I, I'm good. If anything, Connor leaves because we have too many good players and he's good enough to play at a high level and some team is not going to let him sit on the bench. That's the only way I see Connor exiting at this point. He's he's been successful everywhere we put him. Yeah, and and you risk the point of are there repeat injuries for players who come back? Are they fully fit? Can they get back in right away? I mean, we know that Chukwameka had surgery and should be back in like six weeks. But I mean, okay, that's two with their national break. But how many matches would it take him to get back up to full fitness? You know, you want to kind of ease any player back into the game. So that's after the window, right? Like we've got six days until the window shuts. I just don't see Connor leaving at this point. I think he gives you too much versatility in a lot of different positions that Pochettino would struggle with some players who don't have Premier League experience. We know what he mentioned in multiple occasions that he was talking about players who have Premier League experience and how important they will be to this side this season. Even though Connor is a younger player relative to some of our, our more seasoned vets, he has a role to play this year for this Chelsea side. And I know he's gotten tons of criticism and I'm just willing to say, and to think just as much as you like, if you don't see what he's contributing, like the reason why Enzo can play more freely, the reason why Sterling can play, play more freely is that Connor's putting in the dirty work and like, that, it's not glamorous stuff that he's always doing. Like he's making some pretty, you know, tough tackles, you know, he's getting into duels. He's, trying to win back possession. He's trying to clog the channel. Like it's not the sexiest type of football, but it is helping enable others to be more successful on the pitch. And that is, that is the best possible thing he could be doing for us right now, because I, I don't need him to score the goal. If Sterling is going to be getting three or four shots on target and Jackson's going to get three or four or five shots like that, that is a positive thing for Connor to do in a contribution standpoint to get others in the position who are who are better at shooting on target and are better at converting. Like this was a really good performance from him. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, uh, any, anything else you want to touch on with that? Or are you ready to hit the Dan in the match? I didn't even run the Dan in the match. It, it was Sterling running away. Look, like why, why bother running a poll that you already know the answer to? You know, I think just for the officialness of it, if I'm being honest, I think, you, okay. can, you, can you run a one option poll? Is that, a, is that a thing? Uh, no, you can't. Uh, this this is a uh, it's kangaroo court. It's a banana republic. It is 
a dictatorship in this moment. It's Sterling done game over Sterling. And you've, you've absolutely lost your mind is option two. I just, it'd be good just to see how many of the crazies we have in our Twitter following that would have pressed option B. I think obviously Raheem Sterling, two goals and assist, uh, man of the match. What did sofa score have him at 8.8, just shy of a nine tough, tough day out. What more does the man have to do? I, I would have given him a nine if I were grading myself. I think that's reasonable. Anyways, yeah. we are done for the weekend in terms of football and anxiety, as we mentioned. But there's a ton of other matches this weekend. In case you want to watch other teams potentially suffer, I would suggest not watching the Bournemouth Tottenham match at 7.30 a.m. Eastern, as that is the early one tomorrow. Uh, nope. But then you've got Brentford, Crystal Palace, Arsenal, Fulham, bit of a London derby, as you know, from Chelsea, Arsenal, uh, United and Nottingham Forest, probably something exciting will happen in that one. Everton Wolves battle the bads, Brighton, West Ham could be something there. Brighton are flying right now. We'll see if West Ham can uh, keep this momentum alive after beating us. Sheffield United, Man City. Yep. Uh, Erling Holland, double, triple captain. Makes sense. Uh, Burnley Villa, the battle of the same colors. We'll see what happens there. And then Newcastle, Liverpool will be the last one of this of this weekend, which should be really good uh, based on the way both those teams are playing. Uh, Any one that you've circled is the one that you're going to watch in hopes of a, of a rival su- a suffering misery. No, I mean, I think the Newcastle Liverpool one is interesting. I, at this point, I'd like a couple of draws between the teams above us so that we can start to leapfrog a couple of teams. Because look, in the table, which I know you're going to get to, like Chelsea are effectively tied from fifth down to eighth with a plus two goal difference with Liverpool, Tottenham, and West Ham. And so just a few more points in our next match. We are back into where we would want to be, which if others drop some points, which is in a top four, top five, top six situation. Like, and we just need to get there and just we need to stay there. Like we need to rise to the level of who who we should be and adopt the aura era and just get it going. Like that is all we should be doing. Well, I would say it's actually fourth. You, you've left Brentford off the list as well, which I understand you're probably surprised that they're there, but they're also on four points. So you could say, you know, that we're there. But goal difference, pesky, pesky goal difference. We've only got one, plus one. Um, Brighton in the lead uh, with six points, plus six goal difference. Man City, six points, plus four goal difference. Arsenal, plus six, or six points, plus two goal difference. Uh, so those three teams are undefeated. Brentford, Liverpool, Tottenham, West Ham, Chelsea, Newcastle, Villa, Forest, Palace, United, 13th, Fulham, Bournemouth, Sheffield, and then Burnley, Wolves, Everton, and Luton, rock bottom. Um, essentially, Sheffield, Burnley, Wolves, Everton, Luton Town all have no points. The Worst goal difference is Luton, who are now negative six after two matches. Not good, but also not my problem. Um, As you kind of mentioned there, Dan, Chelsea do have a good run of fixtures coming up. This is a great time, um, especially when you look at kind of like the strength of schedule in the FPL calendar. This is the chance for Chelsea to go, go on a run build a ton of confidence, even with the international break, uh, accumulate a ton of points, because then we go into the absolute blender of Arsenal, Tottenham, Man City, Newcastle, Brighton, United. That's a tough 
October, November that Chelsea are going to have yeah. to navigate. So uh, we really don't have any room to slip right now. Yeah, just get the business done. I mean, you have Liverpool, for instance. They have Villa up next, which is going to be tricky uh, after Newcastle. And then they play after they come back, Wolves, West Ham, Tottenham, and, so, and Brighton. So like they could slip pretty dramatically depending upon what transfer business they do or don't between now and the end of the window shutting United after forest have arsenal. And then they come back to Brighton, Burnley and palace. So you would imagine they should be able to find a way to snap into a little bit of form. Ultimately the thing that we should do that we don't do generally on most seasons is just take care of our own business and not have to worry about others. Like that is, that would be the dream. It's exactly what we've been trying to do. Um, and, you know, hopefully we'll get there. There's a lot that's still going to happen. A lot's going to shake out. But, hey, three points on a Friday. Hope you've enjoyed this Saturday pod. Appreciate you all locking in. Again, we got YouTube up and running, humming along. So if you want more content throughout the weekend, we've done a live reaction. This will be on video. This will be on pod. We'll probably have something else coming out over the weekend because Dan and I are just gluttons for punishment. And we'll uh, touch on that. And we'll figure out something for Monday as well. I, they're might be uh, an emergency pod for a signing or two as Potch alluded to. So, hey, if there is, we will be there. Dan, hats off to you on a Friday. Appreciate you. Yeah. Enjoy the weekend, everybody. Yeah. You earned it. All right, Chelsea fans, until next time, you know what to do. Keep the blue flag flying high.